Praise God. We're so blessed this morning uh, to be able, again, no matter what else is going on, and we know some of the things that are going on right now, no matter what, what else is going on, it's always good for us to stop and remember what God has done for us and to praise his name, no matter what the circumstances. And so I'm really thankful this morning for those of you who are sitting together as families or as couples or as individuals um, at your computer, on your phone, or with your television, however you have things set up. I'm just really thankful that you're taking the time this morning uh, to pause and to remember God's blessings and to remember what he's done for us in Christ. I invite you to take your Bibles now and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want us to focus this morning just a kind of a special message because of the uniqueness of the day. I want us to think a little bit about preparation from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, as I was sharing with the children in the children's message, you know, this is a day that reminds me of preparation because uh, having grown up in an area where there was a lot of snow and a lot of winter sports and those kind of things, we, we found as kids, as long as we had the right clothes, it didn't matter how cold it was. We could still have fun. We could still have a great time. Now, we couldn't stay out there forever. We would try, and then we would go through the painful process of the, the reentry of blood into our hands and feet, um, running them under cold water. Some people suggested hot. My family's remedy was always cold water. Running them under there, uh, getting the blood black in there. It, was, it, it stung for a while while it was coming back in. But eventually it was all warmed up and everything was fine. But we found that if we had good gloves, good boots, good jackets and pants and snow pants, all those kind of things, the weather couldn't stop us from having a great time. And this morning, I want us to recognize that that's how life is. Um, as long as we're prepared, as long as we have the right equipment, we can make it no matter what. David was an example of that this morning in Psalm 23, and we're going to think of him a little bit, a little bit later. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'd like to start with verse 8 this morning. I'm going to pick it up right in the middle of a, of a section, but I think you'll see how it can fit our context this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting with the 8th verse. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And in fact, that's what, that's what I'm attempting to do this morning. I want to encourage you and build you up today, reminding you, because we live in the light, and, and that's a reference to our faith. That's a reference to the fact that he's speaking to people who have put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. If we know the Lord Jesus Christ, if we've received him as our Savior, if we've recognized our need for a Savior because of our sinfulness, and put our trust in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, believing that he died for us, that he rose again, victorious over death, and then also ascended to the right hand of the Father to send his Holy Spirit to live in all of us who believe. If that is a picture of us and our faith, then we live in the day. We're not the people of the night that he was describing earlier in this chapter. 
We're the people of the day. We're the people who can see what's going on. We're the people that are ready for whatever happens. We've proven over the last couple of years, a lot can happen. Stuff that we're ready for, stuff that we're not ready for. But when we know the Lord Jesus Christ, when we take advantage of the opportunities that he gives us through a relationship with him, we can be ready even if it doesn't seem like we are ready. Even if something catches us off guard. Now, this storm didn't catch us off guard. If anybody wasn't ready for this morning, then I'd have to say that's their problem. All right? They, ha- they haven't been paying attention. I went to I went what I thought was normal grocery shopping yesterday. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing it in preparation for today. I was just doing it because we needed some groceries. Um, I had COVID a little while back, and then Sherry got it, so we were kind of held up in the, in the house, not getting all of our supplies, and so this was, this was a day of getting some supplies. I get into to Walmart. There were some empty spaces on the shelves, but for the most part, I was able to get everything I needed. Then a few hours later, I was talking to my dad, who lives over near Athens, and I said, how's it going today? He said, well, I'm doing pretty good, except for I'm not going to have my bananas for the next couple of days. I said, why not? He said, well, I went over to Publix, which is really close to his house, no bananas, so I went over to Bell's across the street, no bananas. So he said, I gave up. I'm just going to have to do without my bananas. And that was a reminder that in the five hours after I left Walmart, everybody came and bought up all, not just the bananas, but all the other stuff as well. Hopefully you weren't caught off guard in that regard. But again, this is supposed to be over by tomorrow. So we ought to make it. All right. Even without our bananas or our toilet paper, whatever it else is that we needed, we ought to be able to make it uh, for 24 hours. But even when we get caught off guard, when things in life come at us from, a, from an angle that we weren't expecting, a lot, of, a lot of people refer to those kinds of things in life as, as a curveball. You know, a curveball is that ball in baseball that's coming a certain direction, and then all of a sudden it changes, changes position, change, changes um, direction. It, it, sometimes it looks like it's dropping you know, right, out of the, right out of the sky. That's what life looks like sometimes. We're, we're expecting certain things to happen, certain things to go on, and then all of a sudden, everything changes. We can be ready for those things. Just as we get ready for storms like this, we can be ready for everything through our relationship with God. Look how he talks about this concept of preparation in this passage. As he says, since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on, this is the picture of putting on clothes, just like I was trying to do with the kids, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, there's a picture of the Roman soldier with his breastplate. And, and the Apostle Paul says, that's the, that's the faith and love that we have. Be ready for anything by your faith. Faith. Believing in God because he has shown himself to be faithful. We don't, we don't just believe in God to believe in him. We believe in him for a reason. We believe in him because of his creation and what it shows us, but also through what his word tells us that he is doing things according to his plan. And when he makes a promise, he keeps it. And as we read his word, we see over and over and over again, God says something, then he does it. God says something, then he does it. We've seen that in our own lives, in our own lives of faith. When we, when we listen to him through his word, we do what he says, he does what he says he will do. He, he either blesses or sometimes he chastises, sometimes he punishes, depending on our response to what he said. But that is faith, believing in God because of who he says he is and what he shows us 
about himself. It's not an empty faith. It's not a blind faith. It's a very rational faith because our faith is based on what God has said, on what he has done, and what he's promised. Those of us who know him, those of us who trust him, we know these things. We know that God is faithful to his word. The more we know him in it, the more we read it. As a matter of fact, I know this is January now, January 16th. Some of you have decided to read through the Bible this year. Some of you have decided to read through your New Testament this year. Some of you have decided to read through a book of the Bible this year, whatever the case might be. Some of you have just decided you're going to read some Bible every day this year. Now, I know it's the 16th, so if you made any of those commitments, any of those resolutions, I know that, you know, maybe 95% of us have already broken them, you know. But I want to encourage you, even if you don't make it every single day, even if you don't live up to the, the, the challenge that you set for yourself, the goal that you set for yourself, I want to encourage you, spend time every day in God's word. That's how we grow our faith. That's how we put our faith on as a breastplate. Looking at God's word, seeing what he's said, and seeing that he lives up to his promises. In the Old Testament, as we read those stories, God says, if you do this, this, and this, I will do this, this, and this. And if you don't, then here's what's going to happen. Every time, it happens the same way. If they obey and do the things he said, he gives them that blessing. If they disobey and don't do what he said or do things he told them not to do, they have to fall, fall into his, his discipline, fall into his, his punishment. And, and in some cases, severe punishment and severe judgment. All his pictures, the word of God tells us, all his pictures for those of us who now live by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ so that we also recognize that he is going to do those same things. Now, in our day, in this era of, of the church that, we li- that, that we're living in right now, he isn't going to do the exact same things that he, that he did in the Old Testament. He doesn't say, obey me today and tomorrow I'm going to bless you with good crops or good health or those kind of things. He says, obey me, do what I say, and I'm going to bless you not just now, but I'm going to bless you for all eternity. And some of the blessings that we receive, we don't get to see the full impact of them until we enter into glory. Now, of course, that's one of the reasons that for believers experiences like Richard and and Rebecca are having this week in saying goodbye to Richard's mother. She lived over 90 years, a a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and now they're having this service today that's going to be a celebration. How can we celebrate when somebody dies? Because we know that now Mrs. Howe is in glory. Mrs. Howe is now receiving all the blessings that God had promised in his word for those of us who believe. She received some of those blessings while she lived in this world. She received some of those blessings just by having Richard. Those of us who know Richard know that he must have been a, a, a challenging joy um, to his mom. You know, growing up as, with the nickname of the freak, you've you got to believe he brought some excitement you know, to, their, uh, uh, to, their, to their family. But also her seeing him come to faith in Christ and, and, and using his life and, and that of his family with he and Rebecca investing their lives in the, in the work of Christ must have been a great joy for her. That was a blessing for her right now in, the, in this world. But now she's entered into glory and she's experiencing all the blessings that God has promised. Well, we believe these things on the basis of God's word. The fact that he has always done what he will promise. And so to be prepared 
for whatever's coming our way this year in 2022 or for the rest of our lives, we can be ready by growing our faith, by putting it on, by reading God's word, seeing what he does, and then committing ourselves, and I think that's where this next word comes in, next concept comes in, committing ourselves to living it. Not only to say we believe it, but also to live it. Look what he says. Put on faith and love as a breastplate. Faith and love. See, love is really the ultimate putting into action, the ultimate application of faith. When we believe that God has, has done the things that he said he's going to do, when we believe that he's taken care of our sins as he's promised through the Lord Jesus Christ, and now he wants us to live for his glory, we put that into practice by living the life of love that he calls us to throughout his word. By taking the chances, by taking the risks of loving each other. Loving that is based on the love of God for us in Christ that we see on the cross. An active kind of love that starts as that love started with forgiveness. You know, the relationships that we have, and, and all love is expressed in some kind of relationship. The, the relationships that we're in, within, within marriages, within families, with parents and children, grandparents, friends, all these different relationships, even with strangers, all of these relationships, are, if they, if they last any time at all, any length of time at all, all of these relationships are going to find opportunities for forgiveness. Because as individuals, we all, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And when we sin against God, most of those sins also involve sinning against somebody else as well. And most of the time, it involves sinning against somebody that we're close to. Husbands and wives find themselves that most of, the, most of their sins are, are some way related to each other. And so the foundation for a marriage based in this kind of love, the foundation of a family based in this kind of love, the foundation of any kind of relationship in, in church families based on this kind of love is going to find its foundation in forgiveness. The forgiveness that God has offered us individually through Jesus Christ, when we recognize every day that we're sinners, that we need to be forgiven, and that we don't brush those sins under the rug and forget about them. No, that we confess those sins to him. The Apostle John in 1 John verse one or chapter 1, verse 9, said if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what God offers to each of us as individuals. And as we do that on a regular basis... As we sin, we need to confess those sins to him. Don't hold on to those. Don't, don't try to ignore them. Face up to them. Go to him with those sins. Confess them. And in doing so, receive his forgiveness. Now, that doesn't mean that before you receive that forgiveness, that you are somehow lost from him, cast away from him. No, you're still his. Once you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're his forever. But our relationship with him, our fellowship with him is broken when we sin, just like our relationships in marriage, in children, in, in, in parenting, all of those things. With friends, those relationships are broken from time to time through sin. 
Well, when we confess our sins, his faithfulness, his justice requires that he will forgive us. Even those things that we think of ourselves to ourselves, say, wait a minute, how can he forgive me of that again? I've told him a million times, I'm sorry, and I'm not going to do that anymore. And here I've gone, gone ahead and done it again. You know, how many times, husbands, have you, have you said to yourself when you're a little upset with your wife, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything about that. I'm just going to let that go. I'm just, going to, I'm, I'm just not going to make a big deal. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it slide. And then five minutes later, something happens, and boom, you blurted out what, she, what she's done or, or how she's upset you or whatever the case might be. And you think, oh, I told myself I wasn't going to do that. How many times have we done that? And still, we need to go back to our wives or wives to our husbands, whoever, whoever the guilty party is, and say, I'm really sorry about that. I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I said that like that. Whatever the case might be. We feel like, oh, how many times is she or he going to forgive me? Well, how many times sometimes we wonder, is God going to forgive me? You know what his word says? Every single time. Don't stop going to him because our relationship with him is based on his forgiveness of us. And then when he forgives us, he then gives us the capacity the ability to use that same forgiveness that he's given to us and to give to others, especially those who are close to us, especially those that we're doing life with, whether within family or within the fellowship of this local church or whatever close relationships we have. We need to remember that the forgiveness that God gives us, then we also give that forgiveness to others. And that is the beginning of, of the love that he's talking about us putting on as we put on faith and love as a breastplate. The only way that we can truly love is if we truly forgive. And the only way that we can really forgive is if we've really been forgiven. And so don't hang on to your sins. Don't forget about, don't try to hide them. Don't try to forget about them. Don't try to pretend they didn't happen. Face up to your sins with the Lord. Confess those things to him. And then you can also have the same kind of relationship with your wife, with your friends, with your kids, with your parents, whatever the case might be, as we walk in that love as a breastplate, putting it on to be ready for whatever circumstance happens. And then finally, as he tells us to put on this faith and love as a breastplate, he also says, and, the, and put the hope of salvation on as a helmet. Put on the hope of salvation as a helmet. You see how hope and faith are so closely tied together. He wants us to live our lives, no matter what happens, no matter what curveballs come our way today or this next week or next month, whatever the case might be, he wants us to live our lives with the hope of salvation as our protective helmet, as our protective headgear. The Apostle Paul spent a lot of times with a lot of times with soldiers, not, not because he was in the army, but because he was a prisoner a lot. He was under arrest a lot. And in those days when you were under arrest, you were usually in the presence of a soldier, whether in a prison or jail or under house arrest, whatever the case would be, there were going to be soldiers around. He was well aware, well acquainted with the, with the pieces of the armor. And he saw that helmet that those soldiers wore as a critical piece 
in their protection in battle. As the, as the, as the swords and the spears were flying and, the, and, the, and even the shields were flying, that helmet, and the rocks were flying, that helmet would protect those soldiers. He knows that as we go into the uncertainties of life, he wants us going in with the hope of salvation as our helmet, protecting us. Do you understand how the hope of salvation protects us? Do you see its protective value in our lives when we have our salvation secure, when we are assured, when we're certain that we're going to be spending eternity with God in glory? Do you understand how protective that is for us? When, when, when the worst thing that can happen in this life is that, is that our lives are taken, when, when that's the worst thing that can happen, and we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's what he's talking about when he says the hope of salvation. This isn't the kind of hope like, I hope it snows today. Hey, it is. It's not that kind of hope. It's not the, not, not the, the kind of hope, hey, I hope it doesn't rain next week when I've got this certain event, outdoor event planned. Kind of up and down, yeah, it may it may not, 50% chance, then the next day it's 70%, then it's back to 40%. That's not the kind of hope that he's talking about when he says the hope of salvation. He's talking about the hope that is, that is set like in cement, that is set in stone, guaranteeing that every single person who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ has the hope of salvation. So they don't have to guess. They don't have to wonder. If somebody asks you, What's going to happen to you when you die? You don't have to say, well, if I'm having a good day that day, then maybe I'll make it into heaven. You don't have to have that answer. Or, or, or some, some people will say, well, if my good things outweigh my bad things, then you know, hopefully I'm going to make it into heaven. You know, what their, you know what their hope is? Zero. Because there isn't a single person alive whose good things outweigh their bad things. And the reason for that is that our good is based on God's goodness, on God's righteousness. And when you compare our righteousness to his, none of us are righteous because we have all fallen into sin. And so if, we're, if our hope is based on our performance as people, on our performance as, as people who, who obey or disobey God, then we have no hope at all for salvation. But if our hope is based on what Jesus Christ has done for us and what he's promised us, then our hope is guaranteed. It is absolutely certain. We can say, when somebody asks us that question, Are you, what's going to happen to you when you die? We can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to spend eternity with God in his glory because he promised that to me if I would put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's that simple. It's that guaranteed. It has nothing to do with whether or not I've been obedient the last week of my life. Now, I hope I am going to be obedient the last week of my life, just like I hope I'm going to be obedient all these weeks of my life. But my salvation is not going to be based on how well I do. My salvation is completely, 100%, and that's why we were singing the songs we were singing this morning. Our salvation is based 100% on what Jesus Christ has done for me has done for you. And that's it. And that hope, that certainty, gives us great protection in our lives. As a helmet gives a soldier, the, the hope of salvation gives us that protection as we walk through the uncertainties of life. 
when we face difficulties, and we all do, and some of us are going to face more difficulties in 2022 than we ever thought imaginable, and we're thinking, wait a minute, I had a rough 2020 or I had a rough 2021, when am I going to catch a break? You know when we're going to catch our break? According to the hope of our salvation? The moment we, we enter into glory. And because of that, because of the assurance of that, we're catching a break every single day that we live, no matter what kind of difficulties we have to go through. Because we know that we're loved. We know that we're saved. We know that we're forgiven. We know that we have eternity to look forward to and not to dread, not to be afraid of. But we can count on it because of what God has done for us in Christ. And so if we look at our lives and put on this breastplate of faith and love and this helmet of the hope of salvation then just as we might be prepared for the snow that's happening or, or that we're hoping is going to happen and really accumulate and give us a great time, we want to be prepared for it with our boots and our, hand, our, our gloves and our coats. We want to also be prepared for what life is going to bring us, what the Lord's going to bring us through and allow us to go through this year, this week, this month. We want to be ready for that with our hearts and our minds set on the Lord Jesus Christ through his word, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as our helmet. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we want to give you thanks on this different kind of morning. We want to give you thanks for your word. That every time we look into it, really look into it, not just as a, as a good luck kind of charm or something like that. But every time we really look into it, Father, you either encourage us or challenge us or correct us or wake us up or give us great comfort. And sometimes you do all of those things at once. And we want to thank you for that. We want to thank you for doing that this morning on this unique Sunday morning where the snow is falling, the ice is, is building, and the challenges of, of getting out and around are great, or the fun of getting out and around are great. But we want to thank you that even on this unique morning where, where we weren't able to come together as we normally do on Sunday morning, that we were able to unite our hearts together and our minds around your word. And so we thank you for the encouragement that we've received from your word today. We want to thank you for the preparations that you've made for us so that we can be ready for anything that happens this week, next week, or this year. As David was ready because of his trust in you, that he was able to say that no matter what happens, even the valley of the shadow of death, that he's not going to fear it because you're with him. Father, by that same faith, we look at the future the uncertainty of it. And we know that we are not walking alone, that you're going to take us through it. And we give you thanks and praise for that this morning. Father, we pray for any who are among us today who haven't yet put their trust in Jesus. We pray that this memorable Sunday morning would be even more memorable by this being the day that they put their trust in Jesus. Give them the courage and faith to do that. Father, there may be some who have gone a long time, as believers in Christ, have gone a long time without confessing their sins to you, without getting things right with you, without straightening things up as you've instructed us to do. Father, I pray that today would be the day they do that, if they haven't yet. 
that they'd recognize your forgiveness, they'd recognize your restoration, they recognize you're getting them back in the fold, so to speak, in, in, in living as a family member of your church. We pray that you would work in their lives and draw them to do that. Father, we pray that you'd bring healing and, and, and restoration to some of our relationships that are, um, that are torn right now, that are, uh, that are tattered. We pray that you bring healing and strength to those relationships. Maybe some husbands and wives, maybe some children and parents, maybe some children and grandparents, or brother or sister, maybe friends that we need to get things right with. Father, we pray that you would help us to get things right with you so that we can also then have things right with others. Living that life of love is a breastplate that you want us to. Father, we give you thanks for the privilege of today, and we pray that you'd be glorified in our lives, no matter what we face. In Jesus' name, amen.